Yeah, so I'm, I, I can hear a progressive right now saying, right, oh, you're saying that con, uh, conservative is juvenile and progressive is mature. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah, that's not yeah. what I mean. And if... I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing, so do your own research. Dave, last week we were talking about um, transgender kids and parental rights and yeah, some of the laws that some of the made. laws, yeah, from California, from Texas, and other places. Uh, and I thought it might be helpful to talk more in in a in a bigger picture about the differences between conservatives and progressives and why we really need each other. Uh-huh. I really do think that we need each other. Okay. Uh, progressives and conservatives. Uh-huh. Well, do you consider yourself a conservative or a progressive? Or is, uh, uh, I, you don't like those labels, I do you? I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm a moderate. If, if you say Republican or Democrat, I'm going to say moderate. Yeah. If you say liberal or conservative, I'm going to say uh, depends on the topic. Depends on the topic, yeah. Um, I I would say I'm, I'm a Christian. Sure. And... Um, and I've noticed that in the Bible, there are lots of laws that would lead to uh, some government and some uh, social yeah. ramifications that yep. some people ignore. Yep. And I've also noticed that that uh, when I read the Bible, it's it is always heavy on morality yep. and my own personal choices, totally, and, uh, my own sin nature. Yep. And um, you know, so it's it's really a both and or an either or. Yep. Uh, it depends. Yep. That makes Actually, perfect sense. I took a political test. Yeah. Actually, I've taken several. Yeah, there's a bunch of different kinds of tests yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is interesting, though. Can I yeah, tell yeah, you something? Yeah, yeah, come on. I, I just took one recently, and I was called a stressed sideliner. <laughs> you ever heard of that? I, that? I don't know that category. I've never heard this category. And, and they put it on a spectrum, so it wasn't... You know, I've taken other multidimensional tests where sure, they, sure, they sure. include more like uh, libertarianism and yeah, you know, yeah, socialism yeah. and that kind of stuff. Right, and right, it's right. more of a quadrant than a, than a line. Authoritarianism versus... Yeah, versus... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but this one was just a, a linear okay. conservative to liberal gotcha. sort of uh, line, and I was right in the middle okay. as a stressed sideliner, uh-huh. um, which uh, is 15% of the population, which means you are... Le- you're the least engaged politically. That's probably true. <laughs> you vote less. That's probably true. Um, although I've tried to to uh, take that responsibility. Um, yeah, I've been convicted to try to do that. But uh, historically, I don't. I'm more apolitical. I get really annoyed with it all. Yeah. Um, you associate with the poor. Yeah. Um, or you are poor. That's the stressed part. Okay. Um, you're financially stressed. Uh-huh. I'm not financially stressed, but yeah. I do associate with people who are yeah um and then you just have mixed views uh you tend to lean to the left economically tend to lean to the right morally socially yeah that that's all true okay so apparently there's a category that i fit in now yeah and it's it's the category of irrelevant (laughs) (laughs) sidelined yeah we're gonna sideline you sidelined i'm not in the game man i'm sitting on the bench (laughs) that's your uh we got uh, republicans and democrats and sidelined yeah I don't. I would. I don't think I would fit in that category exactly, um, but yeah, there are some categories where I am progressive, and others where I'm conservative, and and it, uh, you and I differ on some of those things. I want to talk about not so much Republicans and Democrats in our uh-huh. nation, but really like the more fundamental um, human nature 
conservatives and progressive. We've uh-huh. talked about in the past that um, every society has some ideas and practices that are good and need to be conserved. Right. And there are other ideas and practices that are deficient in which we need to progress. Or Im- immoral. Immoral. Right. So deficient in various ways, morally right. deficient or sure. deficient in other ways, and, and so we need to progress. And this is where we get progressives and conservatives. Right. Conser- and, and they're different people, and th- you can see this in all cultures and all places, where there are people who really have, who, who look at the good things that we have and say we need to conserve those, and that's the most important thing. And others who look at the bad things we have and say we need to progress, and that's the most important thing. Um, and this goes back really to, I think, um, ancient times or even prehistoric times um, when uh, the social group was very, very important. It was life and death. It was life and death. Right. And so uh, when, you got, when you're fighting for resources, your social group of a few hundred people, like you can rely on those folks. Yeah. But then another group comes in to your territory and they want to hunt where you were hunting. Yeah. Or they want to gather you know, berries where you were gathering berries. And this is where there comes into conflict. Or gather your women. Gather your women, uh-huh. gather or subjugate you into what... Okay, so um, the conservatives were the one who were really reliant upon the in-group. Right. And like we need to we need to protect ourselves and our people and do things the way we've been doing and anyone who's outside or anyone any new thing that is going to kill us. Or it's they, all a threat. Or they need to approach with humility and weakness. Yes, right? that's not, right. Not in a power play. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's right. That's right. On the other hand, so that's the conservatives. That's where conservatives come uh-huh. from. On the other hand, a group like that, if they never change their tactics, if they never move, there's going to be a drought, which means that you have to move. There's going to be new technology that comes on that means that you have to advance. There's got to be, there's new ideas, new practices that have to come in. A a group that never changes is going to die out. Uh And so the progressives are the ones who are always looking for a new idea. They're not suspicious of outsiders. They're the ones who are welcoming outsiders and saying, how can we learn? How can we grow? How can we partner? How can we uh, move forward? Right. And so you have these two, and really, in the ancient world, yeah. you, a group to survive needs both. Right. Because if you if, if all you do is welcome folks and, and try to- Yeah, then to what's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to be subjugated, or you're, totally. you're going to disappear, or your resources totally. are going to disappear, um, and you're going to have to comply with, uh, you know, with whatever they want. And so, yeah, you're right. There, there needs to be a healthy uh, risk assessment. That's right. There needs to be um, the ability to protect yourself. That's right. Uh, but you also need to to be thinking uh, more collectively. That's right. And and learning. That's right. That's right. Um, so a a group that was only conservatives would quickly die out. A group of only progressives would quickly die out, and they need each other. And in our society, we need progressives to really be progressive, and not. And what's happening is the progressives are turning in in our society. I think are turning into merely anti-conservative. Yeah. Yeah. And the the other thing is happening and, as well, right? right? The conservatives, right. we we need our conservatives in our nation to be actually conservative, not merely anti-liberal or anti-progressive. Right. right. Um because if because right now what I'm seeing is we got a group of anti-conservatives and anti-progressives. Right. And those are not helpful to our society. They're, I think they're both... not working together. They're they're divisive. Exactly. And that, in our education system, as we talked about, it's it's unbalanced, imbalanced, 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 
and there are all these uh, leftist-leaning folks, and there's hardly any conservative. There used to be conservatives. Now they're very, and that's gonna that's gonna be detrimental to people's learning. Yeah. So let me. I, so that actually is super important. Um, our our uh, university systems, our college systems, and even high schools are very left-leaning. Um, but there's a good reason for that. And the reason is because they're trying to learn. They're trying to learn. And when you are assimilating new information, you're reading stuff from outside. Um, the only way for that to be helpful to you is if you are progressive. Well, it, I think that not, not, yeah. not as a person. You need to have a progressive, some, some sort of some progressive mindset in order to learn. The whole point is to learn new ideas. That's a progressive right. thing. I think it's the, the conservative piece then is to, uh, to really evaluate, though. Correct. Let, I've learned this now. Now, now we need really, to evaluate. Yeah. Which is why we need conservatives. So that's what, what, what I mean yeah. is, yeah, I'm with you 100%. What I'm saying is that universities have a progressive leaning drift and they need to guard against that by uh, exactly. keeping conservatives there because they need conservatives. Um, take art education. Yeah. Back in the day, art yep. education was this is a composition. Right. This is line. This Correct. is shape. This Correct. is texture. Yes. This is shading. Yep. This is contrast. Yep. All of the the classic features yes. of art. Now it's express yourself. Well, you okay? You want to express yourself? Sure. In art. Absolutely. <clears throat> That's what makes it kind of cool. Is is when someone's capturing something that the creativity, yes. the newness, the progressiveness. But of they it. need to learn. Yes. The the old tools. One hundred percent. Right, hundred percent. The conservative quote tools. That's a, that's yeah. a, I can see, I, I that's a great example. And you're an, you're a artist, a painter that uh -huh. in a way that I'm not, but that makes perfect sense. You get a painter who um, is only progressive and has not learned from the conservatives or have not yeah. doesn't have any conservative. That art is going to be terrible. I was yeah. about to say something that yeah. I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> On the other hand. Someone who is conservative and is never actually trying to incorporate new ideas or try yeah. to do something new. They're just repeating the masters or something. That's not, um, what is yeah. that? Yeah. That's not art. It's, I mean, it was art, but right now you not are not now. an artist. If if you just make a phenomenal copy and try and sell it as your art, right? That's dumb. I, yeah. Well, I don't. You know, the Mona Lisa. Okay, maybe that's the best art. I don't know what the best painting ever or whatever, but it's one of the most celebrated. Uh -huh. Okay. To do another one that's that's a slightly different person, you know, a different person, but right. it's basically the exact same painting, just with a different person. Yeah. Been there, uh, done that. Not interesting. Right. Not to say the Mona Lisa's bad, but that's not art anymore. Right. That's not where art is now. So we need people to be progressed. So we need to incorporate both of them in order for good art. And I think that's true for all of the university system. Right. But inherently, there is a, li a liberal or progressive drift to education. Which makes sense. And anyway, does that you, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that it is interesting that um, people who are conservative and versus people who are progressive, yeah. their brains are actually different. Right. Um, there have been lots of studies that show that their brains are different. John Hibbing did a study on um, negative reaction times of conservatives and progressives. What he did is he would take people who had conservative views and then people who had progressive views, he evaluated that ahead of time. And then he would show the person um, a picture of like an open wound with maggots or a large spider on somebody's face or something uh -huh. that's like just really disgusting. And then he would measure their movement of their eye and their brain synapses. He put them in the, you know, the uh -huh. uh, MRI, the functional MRI machine. And it's totally different. 
Uh-huh. And um, progressive people react much. Everyone thinks that stuff is disgusting. Progressive people do not react as quick. People with progressive views in uh-huh. society do not react as quickly as conservatives. Conservatives yeah. immediately have this really, really pain reaction, almost uh-huh. really, really strong. It's it, their brains are different. That's been the the criticism I've heard forever about conservatives that they're reactionary. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. That makes sense. The progressives, when something is presented to them, they are uh, uh, they take time to evaluate it, mm-hmm. and that's good. And conservatives are very reactionary, and that's good. And different circumstances, but they need right. each other. Right. Yeah. There was another um, uh, set of very famous studies. Very clearly shows that the anterior cingulate cortex. That's a part of the brain, like a banana-shaped section of the brain, which is responsible for imagination and emotion and empathy and processing new information, it is larger in progressives. That part of their brain, the anatomy is different, and it is Uh larger in progressives. And that the uh, conservatives have a larger part of their brain, which is called the right amygdala. That's much deeper in the brain. Uh It is uh, where the emotions of fear and aggression and anxiety are. That's the part of the brain that's responsible for the fight or flight response. And that's larger in conservatives than it is in progressives. Yes, I've um, I've looked at a number of articles on this, and uh, I haven't looked at the the original uh, studies, the scientific articles, and the data yeah. there. Okay, um, but let's let's uh, what I think is clear is yeah. that what they they do a brain scan, yeah, and they can see this. They map out the brain. They see okay, right. this area is smaller. This area is larger. Yep. This person is likely a conservative. This person is likely a liberal, and they yep. can do that with seventy eighty percent accuracy. That's correct. Um, that which, by the way, is ridiculously accurate for this these kinds of things. These kind mm-hmm. that kind of correlation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Very high uh, correlation. So it's not statistically significant, but it is a strong, strong correlation. Oh, it is statistically significant. Well, it's got to be ninety five. I mean, that's the, the, the delineation of significance is ninety five percent. Oh, you mean in correlation? In, in some cases, it's ninety nine percent. Yeah, it de- I think so, it depends on how you. Yeah. Uh, de- yeah. It depends yeah. Anyway, on, right. But it's a very, very high, strong, high correlation. Correlation. Yeah. Um, and so the uh, the issue, though, is I read a number of articles that are that's taking that data and misapplying it. Okay. Um, it is basically trying to say that there are structural differences in the brain that therefore make your politics. Okay. And I think it's the exact opposite. All right. So I'm yeah. not sure. So correlation doesn't mean causation. Right. Um, and so likely either the brain structure uh, uh, results in political ideology or the political ideology changes the brain structure. I don't know which one yeah. it is. You're advocating for one particular. I am. I think that, um, that uh, it's, one, not only is it misused in, in the one direction uh, to say that, that your anatomy uh, creates your politics, but it doesn't make sense okay. because then um, only uh, all the people in California have this kind of brain. The only people in Texas have that kind of brain. That doesn't make sense. Um, and uh, you could say, well, a lot of people move to these locations. You know, people move mm-hmm. to the Northeast. Well, mm-hmm. no, they, they, they've been in the Northeast. Uh, we don't move that much, right? And so, uh, in other words, it, 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 Bill Mayer did a whole thing about this on, uh, on the increase in homosexuality. Okay. Um, you know, homosexuality for a builder generation was one percent 
Yeah. For a boomers, it's two point six. Mm-hmm. For Gen X, it's four point two. Mm. For millennials, it's ten point five. Mm. For Gen Z, it's twenty point eight. What? Yeah. And so um, this this has everything to do with. Uh, and and he, his point is, hey, this this appears to be very trendy. Yeah. And we need to we need to look at this. Yep. And stop assuming that it's all biology or that it, you know there are there are there are societal factors involved here, right? There- I made it, we may disagree, but I think that, uh, I think there's probably, I don't know, a biological, there's no way for us to know, I don't think, but I think there's probably a biological component to it, but obviously your life circumstances can really, and can really change uh, your ideology. Uh, In other words, I think conservatives and progressives, we may start off with some sort of biological, uh, you know, leaning toward one or the other. and then that changes, you know, as we interact with the world. I th- I'm open to that, but yeah. I don't think that that's. I think it's more uh, the environment that you grow up in. I mean, yeah. they, they've you're talking it. about nature versus nurture, yeah. and the number. What, what, and when it comes I'm, to politics, especially, okay, uh, the the number one indicator of someone's politics is the family they grew up in, meaning the environment that they grew up in. Um, what's the politics of their parents? Um, that's how they were somehow indoctrinated. So this so, is difficult because these these brain studies uh-huh. are uh, have higher correlation to a person's ideology than the parents. It's I think they're really close. I don't think that it's higher. I think it's well, it may be higher, but it's the numbers it's really, I saw really was close. like sixty sixty five percent with parents. Um, it's it's one of the leading indicators now. It is. Um, but all that is is uh, in other words, it's not prescriptive. It's descriptive. Okay. I really, really believe conservatives and progressives need each other. Yeah. As a society, we need some people to be progressive. And if you are a progressive um, and you're listening to this, uh, I thank God for the progressives in our society. Um, we absolutely need you to be progressive, to investigate new things, to be creative, to try new ideas on, to go out and do something new. However, I want you to recognize that you need an anchor. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff that's new and creative that is terrible. Right. And you are not the best person to evaluate that. Right. Could be really good, could be really destructive. That's right. Could could be exciting, could be immoral. That's part of what art is. Like an artist, go out and explore all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, And some of it's going to be good and some of it's not going to be good. And you're not the best. I don't want you to be that evaluative about it. Just go out and try something and think about a new thing or whatever. On the other hand, conservatives, we, those of you who are conservative in our society, I thank God for you. We need conservatives to be very, very conservative in our society. And we need you to play the role of being a conservative and to be an anchor for us to preserve what is good and right and beautiful that has been that way for a very long time. And help evaluate the new ideas. Help evaluate the new ideas. Here's the other thing, though. Some of those new ideas are going to be good. Yeah. And that's that's a little bit difficult for a right. lot of conservatives to recognize, but but we need. There's a lot. Our world is still yeah. broken, and it's not going to get fixed right. by continuing to do the things that we're doing. Change is inevitable. And those progressives in our society, they are your friends, 
or they can be your friends. They should be yeah. your friends because they're coming up with new ideas and they're exploring new avenues. Some of those are going to be super helpful. And we so we need conservatives to be conservative. We need progressive. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they need to know themselves and uh, what their tendencies are. Totally. And instead of being defensive and, and us and them on yeah, both sides. that's right. They need to say, uh, we need to collaborate. And, oh, I'm, I'm this way because I, I'm... I tend to like new things. Yeah. Or I'm this way because I, I don't like new things. That's right. Let's talk and figure out what's what we think is best. Totally. Um, given that knowledge of ourselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the artist is, a painter is a great example because right. you get, I think that's maybe the best example that we've got. You know, for me, um, if I were to paint... Uh, I don't know this is in, indicative of the conservative or progressive person of me in general. But as a painter, I'm definitely very, very progressive. I'd much, I mean, uh, excuse me, um, conservative. I'd much rather paint by number, uh-huh. right? Uh, tell me exactly where to paint and what to do and I and did I get it right, yeah? yeah. And if I do that, I'm going to come up with terrible paintings, terrible paintings. Um, but... And so we need people to be just try something new. It's not, and you and you don't evaluate whether it's right or wrong. You just do it. Uh-huh. That's the progressive way. On for now with painting, it's a, maybe a little bit different, uh, but in general, in life, some of those things that you try that you're not not evaluating, you need to not evaluate. But some of those are going to be bad, yeah, and chaotic, and not good, and you need help with determining those things. You know, as we're talking, I'm thinking, you know what would really help me scientifically? Okay. Um, is if they did brain scans of children yep. um, with a demographic profile, yep. and they followed them through their lives and yep. their educations, yep. and they mapped the differences, because the, the brain is changing so much all the time. It's changing all the time. You learn a, you learn a new language, you're going to have a whole other area of your brain mm-hmm. that's developing mm-hmm. and... and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you uh, you learn how to paint, or you, you play a sport, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, all your experiences are going to uh, move that very plastic organ into different directions. Mm-hmm. That would, I think, help us with the nature-nurture argument in terms of brain anatomy. Yeah. Uh, what were you born with and what changed over your lifetime? What environment did you come in? I mean, yeah. That would be very fascinating to me. It, it, I think I think the, the take-home message, I agree, is is uh, we need to come together, as yeah. always. Yeah. You know, uh, take a parent and a child. Yeah. A, a child who is trying to um, uh, explore and yep. do things and, and yeah. test their strength, yeah. and they, they want to do something that is unsafe. Yeah, sure. Um, and the parent, therefore, is being conservative yeah. because they know this is not safe. Um, but you don't want to stifle a kid's uh, exploration and adventure. And there you, you have go. To, you have to make these these cost benefit. Oh yeah, analysis yeah. decisions. That's right. All the time. when COVID, it was exhausting for me. Right. Oh yeah, it was awful. Until we knew what was going on. Yeah. And, you know, we're wiping down the groceries and uh-huh. all. And the kids want to do stuff. They want to see their friends. They want to. Yeah. You know, and I'm like having to make decisions every day. Right. 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 That is exhausting. But it's um, it's trying to find that that proper balance of yeah. hearing my kids and their needs socially. Right. And they want to get out and they want to explore and they want to see their friends and and also the 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 concerns of what could be harmful and what yes. you know, there's a disease out there and we don't know much about it and yep. what, what are we going to do about this? And so it's it's trying to wed those things. Yeah. And and I think that people as individuals do that all the time. Yep. Why can't we do that together? Yeah. Why can't instead of attacking 
You know, and it's like when when I when my and I say no to my kid, and the kid immediately jumps on me for being like over. Oh, you're just too protective. You're uh-huh, just this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're not helping right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Be- because now you're just attacking me. Right. And I'm trying to keep you safe, dummy. Right. You know. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm not that's trying right. to be a killjoy here. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep you safe. Yeah. But I also want you to explore. And, yes. And and th- that's a continuum. Some it parents is. just let their kids run amok. Right. And others are so sheltering and, and this confining. is almost exactly what i'm talking about conservatives and progressives that's right. different styles uh-huh yeah 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 and we need them both right okay now let's talk about um i think this actually brings up a, one of the most helpful distinctions that i know of and that is this um when kids are little uh they need a lot of structure they need a lot of structure yeah um and they are as their brains are developing they need kind of black and white thinking. Uh-huh. So, for example, uh, and, and then nuance comes as you get older. So, for example, when a kid is really little, um, you teach them that police officers help people. Uh, police officers catch the bad guys, and if you need help and, uh-huh. and mommy and daddy not around, you can find a police. If you find a police officer, go and talk to them. Uh-huh. They will help you. Police officers are good. That's a beautiful message. That's the right message to give to kids. Uh However, you and I both know that there's a lot of corruption in the police departments and that police officers are just as much sinners as everybody else. There's police brutality. There's some bad eggs and and bad systems as well Uh in police societies. And they don't always, you know, there's all kinds of bias. In other words, that black and white clear message of police are good and they catch the bad guys. Now, the truth is a little bit more nuanced than that. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to tell that to the kids. Uh, you know, I would say the same thing about sex, right? You teach your kids about sex. Mommy and daddy love each other, and that's where babies come from, right? Yeah. As they get older, okay, then they're, okay, it's more nuanced, and, you know, right. what is it? You know, sex uh-huh. is, anyway, there's lots of issues that we do that with, and uh, I think that, this is where like progressives and conservatives, as they come into society, um, as we start to apply this, and, okay, so let's teach kids that there are, little kids, that there are many genders. Well, wait a second. Um, no, there are two genders. Yeah. Is there nuance to that? We've talked about that a bunch. There is nuance to that. But little kids, there are two genders. This is why I think there's a problem like with... Uh, uh, library reading rooms where you've got a drag queen, you know, reading to a child. Right. Drag queens, th- the threat is not that the drag queen's going to abuse the children or somehow, you know, take a little kid into the bathroom and do, uh-huh. some, you know, something sexual. I don't think there's any risk of that. But it confuses kids at a time when they should not be confused about gender. Uh-huh. And then later on, like, okay, there are these people who are drag queens, and okay. Yeah. Uh, How are you relating this to conservative versus yeah. progressive? So, progr- so the the initial um, lesson that kids need to have is this conservative lesson. It's the structure. It's the... And then as they get older, that's when they go out on their own. When the kids are little, the family unit is important. That's all mm-hmm. that's there. They need that structure. And it's on that structure that we can add nuance later. 
Yeah, so I'm, I, I can hear a progressive right now saying, right, oh, you're saying that con, uh, conservative is juvenile and progressive is mature. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah, that's not yeah. what I mean. And if uh-huh. that's what you're taking from it, it, I think it's bad. You keep, so kids keep that conservative, uh, police officers are basically good. Yeah. And if you get to the place where uh, um, police are basically bad, you've, you, you've completely, You've nuanced it to the point where you've lost the structure. Yeah. That's not right. Police are not basically bad. Right. They are basically good. Yeah. And, okay, we need to adjust things a little bit to nuance as for specific situations mm-hmm. that may arise. They're not always good. They're usually good. Yeah. That structure is still there. In fact, and so what I'm saying is that conservative is more fundamental mm-hmm. than progressive uh-huh. and progressive is only helpful if it's on the basis of that conservative base. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and so we teach the kids first, it's more fundamental, it's a deeper part of the brain mm-hmm. that the the black and white thinking and then as they get older, then they need to have the nuance. And some of them will really grow and flourish in that nuance. Those are going to be the progressives. And that's only going to be helpful if they have that conservative black and white thinking base from which to challenge things. Right. Yeah, this is this is a lot like apologetics, you know, you come to think of it. Um, when uh, you're talking to people about Christianity, yeah. and they have all these ideas, and they don't even realize that their whole life is yeah. built upon the Judeo-Christian ethic. That's right. That the whole, that's right. Their whole existence— In the that, West, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they have these assumptions mm-hmm. that they don't even recognize. That's right. And they're, they're right. making decisions uh, platformed from, yes. from, that, from that basis. And, that's right. And the, our, you know, if you want to be a, a good apologist, you need to point out those inconsistencies. Yep. Where it, mm-hmm. where, you know, um, I, I when I listen to like Joe Rogan for example, yeah, um, and he starts ranting about Christianity, yeah, um, and I can see all these presuppositions, oh yeah, about the life that he's grown up with, yes. in, in this country, yes, and it's it's uh, it's just not fair, yep, yep, um, and yet uh, people don't always grow up with that that particular framework, yeah, and if they grew up in a, with a, a framework that is uh, to you and I is false, yeah. Um, the the more conservative they are, the harder it is to to talk to them or to, to yeah you know, oh for sure yeah, if you to if share you, those ideas as an adult if you stay in black and white thinking and you never can nuance to specific situations yeah uh, you've lost touch with reality yeah uh, you should do comparative religion you should yeah you should study totally what other people think and why and yeah. and evaluate your thoughts and deepen your faith. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you should look and see that not all police officers are good. Uh, the right. people who complain against police departments, they got a good point. They got a good reason to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're black and white about everything, then yeah, that that is really, really messed up. And we need some people to hold the flag of the black and white, and we need some people to hold the flag of the progressives that are, okay, let's mm-hmm. let's actually look at new things and new ideas. Yeah, I think what what a direction we need to think about okay. is, is uh, nuts and bolts of how do these people interact and work together. Okay. Because our society is failing at this, yeah. and we keep harping that we need to do this better, but I'm not sure we're providing a framework for that. Maybe we need to think of some criteria, some some rules, some guidelines. I love that idea. I don't yeah. have anything in mind yet, but the but the bigger philosophical thing is for conservatives to realize, hey, uh, I have a part to play in our society, but it's but 
I don't have all the answers. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm not really good at coming up with answers. I need someone else to help other people in society to help me with that. And we need prog- and so to, that's why I need those folks over there. Mm-hmm. And then for progressives, the opposite direction, right? To say, um, I love exploring new ideas, but I'm not the best at evaluating them. And yep. I need people who are more thoughtful and to to evaluate them. Not yep. that the conservatives always have the best evaluation, or that the you know, the, I'm I'm doing almost black and white. You know, uh, no one is totally conservative. No one oh. is totally progressive. Um, uh, but to rec, you know, wherever you find yourself in there, uh, to recognize that you are not the answer to society, and you cannot do it on your own. Well, I invite more people to become uh, what I am, Willie—a a stressed sideliner—so <laughs> that we can uh, we can have mixed views and talk about them, and uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we don't have to to have an affiliation with with. Uh, I know we're not talking about politics here, but uh, we're just talking about P- politics. Um, are a lot of issues around politics stem from this much more, I think, fundamental issue. And you're right. What we've done today has been almost not, I mean, not almost, very little practicality to it. Yeah. But um, hopefully in the future we can think about some practical ways to, yeah, we need <laughs> what to does do this that. mean? Yeah. I, I think it's, it's meaningful to me. Write a book. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We can write a book and, and other people can... I don't know. I I, I hear you. The, the, they can burn it. What does this mean? Any, yeah, they can yeah. burn it. <laughs> Any book that I write, they probably be, people should burn. <laughs> I may burn my own book. Yeah. No, I uh, I know this means something, but I'm not sure what it means. Yeah. Hey, if you got ideas on what this means and how we can practically go to thehopperpodcast.org and send us a message. Hey, we've got bonus episodes for you. You've asked for them, we got them. Yep, more Hopper goodness. Bonus episodes are only for our Patreon subscribers. We're a little bit freer to tell stories we really don't want out there in the public. It's kind of like Hopper Podcast After Dark. Ooh, like that time that we went to see the Rock Hard Willie Band. Yeah, but you've said too much. Okay, well, listen, it's easy. Just touch or swipe on the cover art of the Hopper Podcast on your podcasting app. Go there and find the show notes. Follow that link. And sign up to give us a little bit of money each month, like $5, $10, $20. At any level, you're going to get immediate access to all of our bonus episodes. And we'll also send you a special link to a new private podcast feed. And you will get all the bonus episodes on your phone automatically. We love our Patreon supporters, and we treat them right. So if you want to hear about Willie's Dirty Laundry, oh, come on. sign on up. You know who you are. Thanks so much for your support. You can become a Hopper Podcast Insider today. Dave, we both have biology degrees, and I like yes. animals, and you like animals, and we like science, and thinking about interesting animals, and I'm going to try something that we tried some time ago, and it didn't work. <laughs> uh, we recorded, and it was terrible, hmm. uh, and that is, let's let's try and talk again about beavers. <laughs> okay. This is going bad already. No, it'll be fine. All right. It'll be fine. Beavers. I actually like beavers a lot, and... <laughs> You're fine. Keep all going. Right, all right, all right. Yeah. I, I like, they are, as animals, they are very, very interesting. And Agreed. Yes, they are very interesting. Um, they're very social. They live in groups. Um, and we live in the United States, of course, and 
there used to be lots and lots of beaver all over the United States. Right. They used to be everywhere. In fact, um, in the the early colonists, they often traded in beaver furs as a way to, you know, currency, really. Right. Because they were so... Um, uh, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. And beaver fur is really, really good for lots of things. And now there are uh, not very many beaver around. They're making a comeback, which is good. Yeah. But the loss of the beaver across the United States has had a massive, massive impact upon nature. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, because they are what's called a keystone species. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and it's because they create the dams. Right. So apparently, um, back, um, you know, when, when uh, white folks were settling this nation, so to speak, or however you want to say it, um, there were beaver dams like every few hundred yards on every river, every place. Uh, uh-huh. That may be a little bit um, uh, hyperbole, but not much. There were beaver everywhere. And when you put a dam in a river like that, then the water um, is able to have pools, right? Still pools of water, and so there's, there's it's just a ser- every lake, every river was like a series of small ponds and lakes, right? Every single one, and so the water then goes sideways and creates huge water systems for animals to come and get you know for watering holes, right? Um, species would develop within this freshwater environment. Mm-hmm. You had a lot more wetlands. Uh, the land was protected from drought. Right. Um, and so now, now that our rivers and streams are very narrow, then there's not nearly as much of all of that. And so species of fish and plants that were in the water, uh, plants and fish that lived kind of on the very edges, they don't have the space anymore. Right. When there's a drought, it has a massive impact that it didn't used to have. And yeah. all these beavers being gone is a big, big deal. It really is. Um, I uh, I have not looked at this at all, but I do know something about it from, from the science degree. Yeah. Um, and when you have... When you have large areas for watering, yeah. predator and prey yep. can stay a little further apart. Correct, correct. Um, you have all kinds of waterfowl and uh, amphibians and reptiles and fish uh, and the insects that they live on. All that is thriving Yeah. Um, with all that extra water. It's still a flow of current, still makes its way back to the ocean. The water cycle still yes. works. But yes. um, what's great about that is it doesn't gush Rivers that gush erode. Totally. Um, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And they form, they get deeper and deeper and then yep. less and less accessible. Correct. And so uh, a series of, of slow-moving waterways yes. and ponds and lakes is great for yes. wildlife. Yes. It's great for, for everyone. And, yeah, as, as those beavers disappear and those dams are not being built, um, this, is, this is a significant ecological problem. Yeah. And so they, they definitely need to protect them, and they, we need to get them doing their thing. Yep. And along with that is uh, responsible development. Yes. Uh, you know, something that, that just came to my mind, so forgive me. We can kick it into the hopper. Okay. Uh, I just want to make a comment about it, and that is that all over America, there are all these ghost towns. There are yeah. little towns that have shrunk, and yeah, no sure. one's living there. Very few people are living there. Sure. And we keep cutting down deciduous forest, yep. and we keep infringing on waterways and wetlands and 
uh, and just for the sake of development, yep. instead of rehabbing these places that there are already yards and fences and edifices, yeah. um, because you know the way that our economic system works, it's the yeah. Onesler, it's the Lorax, yeah. right? We're just we're going to slash and burn and not be responsible yep. with our environment. We're going to be here a long time. We need to take care of it. That's a that's a huge issue. Yeah. Let's put that in the hopper because I'm with you. But it's totally related to this. It One is, of the ways is we need related. to do that yep. is is to support um, wildlife conservation that's and right. especially these keystone species uh, species yeah. that that make you know environments for all these other species. Yeah, that's right. Pre-Columbian America um, estimates were that in North America, ten percent of the land was wetlands. Because of the beavers, mm-hmm. and now it's nowhere near that. I mean, yeah. it's it's very very little. Um, so beavers are super important, um, but there's also a lot of r- other super interesting things about beavers. Um, they they mate for life. They're one of the few animals mm-hmm. that really do mate for life, and they raise their young, and so they create a lodge. Uh, so they have right. the dam that's different mm-hmm. from the lodge. So they create the dam. Um, and then they create a lodge where uh, it's a big mound of sticks and mud and all kinds of stuff yeah. that starts uh, pretty low. It's on the uh, floor of the pond, mm-hmm. and then it rises up way above, you know, well above the um, the waterline. Yeah. And so that's where they live, and that's where they sleep. And in the wintertime, that's where they can stay warm. And so then they stay there, and then the, uh, their young will swim up in there, and it provides protection. And so they raise their young— and teach them how to do all this stuff and then right. send the young out to find mates. Uh, and then they have another litter of young. Well, they, they mate for life. They, they create these beautiful ponds for tons and tons of diversity. They raise their young. There's a lot of investment in the young. Um, and then their lodges become home to lots and lots of other critters as well. Right. Little mice and uh, different um, animals can find shelter there and food um, that the beavers have created. Yeah. And so in lots of these reasons, um, they are analogous, I think, to what Christians ought to be in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Um, I love the analogy of beavers to Christians. They mate for life, and they just go about their business creating environments that uh, allow the forest and the the uh, water life to mm-hmm. flourish. Right. And they create conditions that are good for everybody and, right. and create all kinds of life and diversity and joy and uh, and and make the forest and the rivers healthy. Um, they invest a lot in their young and then send their out, young out into the world to do the same thing they were doing. Uh-huh. I, I think it's, I, I love this picture because yeah. um, that's what Christians ought to be doing in the world. And you know, another component of that is that when you have a lot of wetlands, it protects the environment from flooding, particularly yeah. flash oh, flooding. Absolutely. Wetlands are big very, time. A, a big barrier, a buffer from, yes. from floods. And if you think about that in terms of uh, calamity or, um, uh, waves of injustice or yeah. broken systems, uh, Christians should be, um, you know, salt to the earth is yes. preserving it and yes. keeping it safe from microbes, right? Keeping right. the meat in the, in, um, and so that's, uh, that's an, another picture of that. Yes. They're, they're not just providing, they're, they're being, uh, they're working hard. 
Beavers work a lot. Yes, right? they work hard. Very industrious. They take care of their family. They, yep. They're they're providing for the community. They're sharing uh, the wealth, so to speak, with everyone. Everyone's yes. benefiting. Yes, but they also have that that preventative piece. Yes, that protective piece from not only floods but also droughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So droughts don't have the impact that they right. would otherwise, and floods don't have the impact that they would otherwise. So in the day of disaster, what they have done, no matter what the disaster is, this right. is better for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what Christians ought to be in the world. And providing, um, it, it, we're not, uh, how can I say, Christians should not be against the world. We should be creating <laughs> uh, places in the world where people can find what they need. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, like, you know, you look at the Bible, it says, uh, do not be worldly. Of course. Yeah. And that's, that's different. That's not. Uh, yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, Christians have taken that the wrong way. Yeah, that's um, right. And that's right. the whole, uh, well, I want to call it separation theology. Um, yeah. And certain eschatologies, uh, that's sure, 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 sure. The, the end times. Yeah. Um, have, have taken Christians to, uh, down paths where they're less responsible uh-huh. for, the world and sustaining the world and yeah. producing kingdom stuff, good stuff, yeah, good structure, yeah, um, good government, yeah, uh, righteous laws, totally. That's it. Things that protect other people, yeah, from from crime, not just violent crime, but mm-hmm. but systemic crime, white collar crime, corruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One more thing about beavers that makes them great, and a lot like Christians. Their butts smell like vanilla. <laughs> Did you know that? That was an interesting comment. Their anal yeah. glands secrete uh, something that smells like vanilla. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's what my butt smells like. You want to smell it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here I was behaving this whole time. The last time we did this, we were drinking beer, and it was like late in the afternoon, and all you kept saying was how you love beavers. <laughs> yes. and, I, and I couldn't keep it together, and now I behave this whole time, and you're asking me to smell your butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. No, I really do like this <laughs> okay. animal. <laughs> it's fantastic. So do you go around sniffing beavers' butts? No, I don't. Um, I don't. There are not many beavers around here, and I uh-huh. wish that there were. Okay. We, we should stop. <laughs> we, we should, should probably, just stop. You don't want to make a scented candle of beaver, beaver butt, beaver beaver butt anal candle. extract? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this smells wonderful. Is this vanilla or is this beaver butt? listening to the Hopper Podcast. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations. You win a drink from the fire hose. Oh, boy. To claim that prize, write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. And join us next time. We'll discuss if Kanye West needs a straight jacket and a sedative. I don't know anything about that. I think you probably could use that. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by Charmin Artisanal Toilet Paper.
Yes, it is artisanal. <laughs> Your $5 words again.